Weirdo Bookworms Unite! We want to share our love of genre fiction with you. Fans of horror, sci-fi, fantasy, and more can stop by as we chat about what we've been reading. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Genre Junkies. How are you, all of our wonderful little bookworms out there? I am your host, Sandra, and I am, of course, joined by my awesome, handsome co-host, Scott. Hello. And our producer, Stitches, is joining us today. Say hello, Stitches. She's being shy, but she's rolling around on the ground. She's kind of eyeballing the microphone cords, so if we, like, cut out suddenly and there's, like, a weird way that this is edited together, it's because she decided to literally pull the plug on us. (laughs) Well... We're going to talk about a book today called Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. Did you read the book, Scott? I did read the book, of course. Did you read the book? Hell yes, I read this book. This was actually the second book I've ever read by Blake Crouch. I started the Wayward Pines trilogy many, many moons ago before it was a TV show or anything. I kind of decided it wasn't really for me. Um, I decided it was going to make a better like TV show or movie. Um, so I never finished it, never finished the show either, though one day I hope to do both. Um, so this is kind of my, my second experience with Blake Crouch, and I was really really happy with where it led me well see i had never heard of him i was very impressed i i'm surprised that i hadn't heard of him because i guess he's kind of a big deal there's a lot of tv shows and stuff but this was a first for me okay awesome well we'll have to see if you're gonna read more blake in your future i think i will too but um all right let's let's tell you a little bit dear readers about dark matter in case you haven't heard of it or you haven't read it this book is definitely kind of a big deal so a lot of readers have heard about this one so here's just kind of your brief non-spoilery synopsis this is the tale of physics professor jason Dessen, who awakens from an attack to find himself in an eerily similar yet different world his wife daniella is not his wife. His teenage son, Charlie, isn't there. Jason himself is now a renowned scientist. Which world is real? Can Jason get back to the life he's known? So if that doesn't pique your interest, I don't know what's wrong with you. So, uh, Sandra, what was what's your experience score for this uh, for this novel? Well, I'm so glad you asked, Scott, because um, I know if you've listened to some of our other episodes, you might be like, experience score, what is this? This is a new thing we're trying. We'll probably try it on for a few episodes, see if we like it, where we're kind of just talking about our experience score. And there's different ratings. Should I tell them the ratings? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So the first one is a slog. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. A Slog is a book that, for us, was very difficult to get through, very difficult to read, weren't really looking forward to picking it up after putting in the bookmark. Yeah. The second one is probably my favorite title, which is a book. It was a book. A book is, uh, it's an enjoyable story. Uh, Might be a little forgettable, but, um, you know, it's... You didn't like, it wasn't painful. Yeah, but you might not put it on your bookshelf to display it. You're probably not going to like suggest it to a lot of people. 
The second, well, the third one, I'm sorry, the third one is a good read. It was a good read. Yeah, it's, you know. Pleasant. Yeah, exactly. A, a good story. Um, it might not be, you know, it wasn't exactly in our wheelhouse. It didn't really necessarily, you know, resonate with us very strongly. You could but still we really recommend it. it, though. You yeah. could still recommend it, especially maybe based on what people like. Uh, number four is what we would call a page turner. Yeah, no matter what, you just can't put it down. You look forward to picking it up every single time to to figure out what's going on. Um, you know, it just uh, keeps you up kind of late at night because you're so excited about it. Which we love. Okay, and then our highest rating for experience score is an obsession, which really doesn't need an explanation. Yeah, it it keeps you up all night reading it because you literally cannot close it. You dream about it. You're probably going to read it again and again and again. Right. That having been said, this book was for me an obsession. I agree with you. I am I am obsessed with this book. I think it was freaking phenomenal. I'd heard just the tiniest bit of hype about it from people I trust, and I was not disappointed. My totally wonderful, amazing tattoo artist had also um, read this book when I read this book, and while she was tattooing me, we probably talked about it for an hour uh, because we both were just in love with it. My other book club that I'm in with my awesome, awesome girlfriends, um, they all had a really positive response to it. A few critiques here and there, which is fine. But for the most part, everybody that I've met who's read this book dug it. And and this book, uh, Sandra actually brought it to me and told me that I need to, I need to read this book. And I... I read other books instead, and I postponed it. I don't know why. Fool, fool. I know, and I really regret it because Foolish this is... mortal. I really... I'm I'm nuts about this book. Like, hello. Oh, my God, you guys. Like, I only recommend, like, obsession-level books in that obsessive tone. I mean, I'm telling you to read it. Um, so that having also kind of been covered, we should give a little bit of a disclaimer here. This book is extremely freaking hard to talk about without spoiling anything it really is and so if you're not convinced and you haven't read it yet if at any point in this podcast you've decided you want to read it stop stop wherever you are in the (laughs) podcast read it and come on back we'll (laughs) wait it's okay this is not a drill this is not a drill um now that being said of course we will take like a real kind of spoiler warning break but so it's a little sparse yeah, before the spoilers exactly and we actually might even make a second spoiler break in here because right. uh, it's it's really it's that important we I, want you to read the damn book i actually went into the book completely blind i can't do that yeah no. i did it based purely on on you saying i had to read it. i didn't read the description nothing i was completely blind and i'm really glad i was well that blind faith and devotion is something that i want from people um but honestly, like, I... All hail Sandra! <laughs> I mean, I've always wanted my own cult. But I'm the type of person, I do read a book description. I won't read it maybe multiple times. I'll probably read it once. Scott is, um, well, he's a fickle beast. And he does not like to read 
book descriptions always. Well, spoilers don't ruin it for me, but um, it definitely makes a difference for me. Spoilers are just a jacket. Uh, like to protect you from the the words on the no, I don't understand. the jacket that says the description oh i know because you don't like to read those always no i i don't um i i really do enjoy it when other people tell me that this is something that i should read because you know then i don't have to know anything about it i i might know the theme based on the jacket cover but uh but I don't know what's happening. He's so trusting about books. People do not take advantage of this. I'm of his guilty good of, nature. Yeah, I, I'm guilty of judging a book by its cover. Well, I think everybody does that to an extent. It's a little harder in the digital world. Um, okay, so here's something we should cover a little bit. Is just kind of the themes of this book. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's genre de- defying. Well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely science fiction. It's very science fiction, but. It, it fits into a thriller. It fits into uh, a romance. It's definitely a romance, and I like it for the romantic qualities of it. You know, for for a show that celebrates, you know, genres, things that are put into their own little categories, this really, this this really covers a whole lot of them at once. Yeah, it's not as much horror as I would like, um, but we can talk about that well, as see, we go I, on. I was terrified. Well, yeah, but that was because you hadn't read the synopsis of the book, so you had no idea where this was going. Yeah, but um, there was there was a moment um, when I was reading it, and actually uh, Sandra was nearby, and I was physically hyperventilating. I was so I know. I was like, stressed. what is wrong with you? And he's like, it's, it's this book. Ugh. I mean, it really is. It really was that engrossing. And it was, I'm going to say a swear word here, but this book is what they would call a mind fuck. I mean, like, it messes with your mind. Like, not in, like, a mean way, but this is, like, it's big stuff that they cover here. If you're typically afraid of science fiction, uh, there is some very strong science stuff in there, but it's explained very well. And you don't really need to understand all of it to be invested. Definitely. He does a great job. Whoever he worked with, I know it's all in the acknowledgments and stuff, to help him write out the sciencey, techie bits. Um, they did an amazing job. There was a few times where I had to go back and like reread a passage again to like really absorb it because it's that it's the high i'm I'm gonna say the word concept a lot but it's a high concept novel it's science fiction in really it's perfect form in that it starts with an idea and the entire story is informed by that science fiction idea and that's why it's really at its heart truly a science fiction novel yeah, I would say it's it's mostly science fiction, um, but it's not like spaceships and aliens and stuff, which we love, but it's, it's not that science fiction. So let's kind of talk to the people about kind of like, if you like this, try that. Like similar media? Similar media, which is actually, a, it's from, we kind of bastardized a question in the reader's guide at the back of the books. I know some people love those things. Some people hate those things where it's like questions to discuss with your book club. And sometimes they're like, they're frankly, they're for people who are non-readers. But some of these ones were good. And this one was, um, it's like question 10 in there where it's like, you know, similar books or movies to this. 
Though there's nothing really quite similar to this. You want me to go first or are you going to go first? You go first. Okay. Um, how many of you guys have read Night Film by Marisha Pessel? Um, so this is pretty solidly a thriller, this book. Um, it's hard to put down. It's definitely was for me somewhere in the page turner good read section of things if we're going on that experience our patented experience score but um it follows a journalist named scott who becomes obsessed with the murder of a reclusive cult film director's uh daughter's death and here's one of the things that i liked about it is it was kind of like this where there's kind of some twists and turns you kind of are figuring it out along with the protagonist but it's uh it's not scary and both books for me and I mean this in the uh in not a total backhanded compliment throwing shade sort of way but both books could have been scarier so this is like one of those things where I think Dark Matter could have been scarier I think Night Film could have been scarier so that is a good thing for some people. Uh, some people don't want things to be scarier. <laughs> I do. I always do. I'm like, bring it on. This is not creepy or disturbing enough for me. But um, it's just enough scary that it'll put a lot of people out of their comfort zone, which I approve of. It's not scary in the, the, the horror sense. I agree with you. But I, I feel that it's actually scary in the psychological horror sense, in the, the realism horror sense. Sure, sure. But I think it could have been more so. I feel like both of these novels that I, Night Film, which I just recommended, and this one, uh, pulled its punches away from being even scarier for the horror fan. So that's what, that's what I'm saying. From, like, an absolute horror obsessive person's point of view i'm gonna be brutally honest with you people when i say something scary and it scared me because it takes a lot to scare me the other thing uh that was kind of similar for me so recommend or if you've read it you might be familiar is cloud atlas by mr david mitchell an incredibly incredibly famous book which i know scott has not read i have not but it's on my list and a movie which scott has not seen uh, I have not, but it's on my list. <laughs> I read this in the aforementioned book club of awesome uh, ladies. So yeah, it's a book and a movie. It is trippy. It is a big concept story. It spans multiple timelines, the past, the future, the far future. If you want more of just an insane mind-bending, mind-screwing insane journey that still has heart and character and you will actually like care about some characters uh that's totally cloud atlas there's other things that are similar out there but i don't know there's nothing quite like dark matter the closest yeah what you got scott the the closest uh, uh simile uh to dark matter is just about anything by philip k dick uh, Minority Report mm -hmm. is an is a really good example. He was He's another the man. He's one of the the patron oh, saints yeah, of science absolutely. fiction. And and this takes a huge page out of his book, where again, you know, I kind of said this earlier, but Philip K. Dick specialized in what if this, then that, 
Right. And, and you know, Minority Report is an example. What if there was a way to see the future? How would police work work? Most of his works are like that. It's if one thing was possible, how would that affect everything else? And that's really at the heart of this book. However, uh, Crouch has a much better handle on characters, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, the the character studies and the questions that you ask yourself in this book are, I mean, just, I, I can't, I cannot think of a parallel. I can't think of a book that I have thought this hard about. Um, I guess the closest thing to, to how much it affected me as far as just messing with my mind, probably Twin Peaks. Ah! Probably the last episode ah! of Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks! Uh, yeah, so uh, I love that you brought up Twin Peaks. For those of you that don't know, I am obsessed with Twin Peaks. I brought Scott into the Twin Peaks fandom uh, lifestyle, if you will. And I, I really do appreciate it. I, I, I he's I love better it. for it. He's a better person for it. Um, actually, over at the Bloodlust podcast, I've been doing recaps with the awesome Amy over there. We talked about the return um, every week. So you got to check that out. Oh, yeah. Go to bloodlust.com if you haven't yet. Uh, yeah. A lot of good stuff from Sandra and, there. And, oh, gosh. Thank you. You're too kind. But that's my other, like, that's... My other love is the bloodlust. So thank you for saying Twin Peaks. Oh my God. You got it. Our log does not judge. Our log does not judge is the name of our Twin Peaks recaps. So um, the I created another little rating for this special podcast that I want to... I've been very busy. In case, you, uh, in case you're still not sure if this is the book for you, let's say you're not normally into science fiction and you're worried, I have a rating that is either niche, general appeal, or wide appeal. Uh, it's exactly what it sounds like. Niche is something that, in this case, science fiction. Science fiction fans probably will like it, but if you're not, if you're not really into science fiction, it might not be for you. Uh, general appeal being something that you might bring over people from the other side. It's you know intelligent and it's and it's uh, a little bit more. Um, it has more of an appeal for people who are not typically uh, into that genre. And then mass appeal. These are the books that, um, despite fitting into a genre, they're written in such a way that anyone can enjoy it, no matter what they're usually into. So for me, I personally feel that this falls under wide slash mass appeal. Um, it's not catering towards any stereotypes like this is a quote unquote man's fiction book. This is a woman's fiction book. It's nothing like that. I think it's something that people of all different walks of life, gender, gender identity, whatever, would enjoy. Like, it's just a good book for a lot of people. And like you said, maybe people who are kind of like, eh, I'm not super into sci-fi. Maybe it's because you've read more of the sci-fi where it is like ships and lasers and aliens and awesome shit that we love, (laughs) but everybody doesn't love. Yeah, so I I agree. I think that this fits the mass appeal. I wouldn't feel nervous to give this book to anyone, uh, regardless of what they normally read. I think this book fits into the category of people who read two books a year. This is a book that they should read. It should be huge. If you read two books a year, please get help. 
keep listening to our podcast and read everything we tell you to. Well, that goes without saying. But yes. Well, I guess we'll kind of give yeah. you a little spoiler break warning. Yeah. We talked about the the general synopsis, which is about as far as we're willing to go before getting into any sort of spoilers. That includes talking about characters and talking about themes. I agree. Let's 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 give it a break. All right. Enjoying the show? Please like and subscribe on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at JohnRajunkies. And don't forget to visit the website, JohnRajunkies.com. Welcome back from our break. I'm going to kind of let Scott take the lead on this one. You know, every book's a little different in every format of our recording is going to be a little bit different. And he kind of has an idea of a way to talk about this. And maybe this will be good for those of us who are like, okay, I think I've heard enough. I want to read the book and then I'll come back and listen some more. So we're trying to be really kind with this breakdown. Yeah. In this case, I'm going to break it down into acts because I think this book follows the traditional five act structure or, or hero's journey. And I think each each section informs the next. And again, if at any point you feel like you're interested in reading this book and you haven't, please stop and read it. That's the last time I'm going to say it because now we're going to discuss it like you have. Um, And you have to come back and listen to the rest of our podcast, though, because we have put like a voodoo curse upon this episode. So we'll know. Yeah, we'll we know. will know. We'll know. We're watching you through your iPod or, in, you know, Zoom it- or whatever. Through your Zoom, yes. Okay, Scott, take it away. All right, so we open on a great scene to establish three of the main characters. Jason, who is the main character, making dinner with his wife and his son, Charlie. It does a really great job of establishing the love that that family has together. Yeah. And establishing what he thinks of his family, which... I mean, he loves his family. And, you know, it talks about he used to be studying to be a a huge scientist. He was hella ambitious. Oh, yeah. He had he was on his way to getting grants and he he had this whole experiment planned out. But he met his wife. They got pregnant and he decided he wanted to have a family. So now he's a teacher and it's a really, really great, sweet establishment. I agree. Um, I really, really liked it, actually, because though I'm not a mother, I am an auntie, as you know. Um, So just kind of take the kid part out of it. It's very much like, yeah, we're hanging out. We're cooking. We're drinking. We're actually kind of getting drunk. But it's just chilling. It's just being at home. It's just your regular just at home goodness relaxing and I thought it was really cool and really relatable it made me immediately like all all three of those characters which was very important for the story oh totally important I I do like all of the characters I like Daniela more than Jason really I do maybe it's a male female thing I really identified with Jason 
I guess as we kind of go along through your breakdown, can we talk about characters? I would I would love to. So here's my thing is, and we talked about this in my book club as well, which is all awesome, feisty beezies for the record, right? It's all girls. And we all liked Jason, I think. But he is very every man. Like he is so every man. I think we might have trouble talking about characters this early. I think that that's very important for the story. though. Well, it is important for the story. And especially because I feel like when he was writing this, he was looking at this as like a film or a TV show. And I think that in this really kind of wild mind, Ben trippy sci-fi goodness, you need anchored relatable characters like him and the relatability of that character is what informs and makes you think about everything that happens later on in the book definitely no i agree it's important but it's hard for me to feel passionately about jason because i just feel like he's kind of basic kind of an everyman i do think that daniela is a better person Daniela is cool because um, she's Latina, which is awesome. You get some nice diversity representation there. She's kind of like, she's not even a feisty person or anything like that. She's just spirited. She's an artist. Um, That was like her path and her journey before the family dynamic came along. Um, She's a creative. And I think that's super cool. Oh, and their son Charlie is also a little artistic kid. He seems fine. So Jason is convinced by his wife to go ahead and go to his former college roommate's party at a local bar because he just won what is basically the Nobel Prize uh, for his uh, for his scientific achievements. They call it something else in the book. It might be a licensing thing because I've never heard yeah, of that prize that they remember. talk about in the yeah. book. But basically, it's the Nobel Prize. comes with lots of money and grants because he, he did something incredible. What did he do? Didn't he clone somebody or something? No. he uh, <laughs> joke. He found a way to control the, the uh, frontal cortex of the brain and shut off certain parts of it. Seems really creepy. Yes, it does. But anyway, he goes and it goes into I think, in fact, his... that is horrific. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he goes... And you get to see a bit of his jealousy because he knows that could have been him. But, you know, he he chose a different path for himself. He's not, like, dwelling on it, but it's like, yeah, like, he's kind of jealous. And this guy is, like, he's married to his work, to his research, his friend. What's his friend's name? I don't remember. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But um, he even says to Jason, this, this should have been you. You're yeah. the one who got me to graduate college. You're smarter than I am. This right. should have been you. Like his friend still kind of has the lifestyle like he used to have where it's like you're pretty much in the lab constantly and then you, when you're not there, you have like kind of an ass ton of money and you don't really have a stable home life so you can kind of go out and you can kind of like have non-committal relations. Yeah, because he says, doesn't he say something about bachelor life suits him? Yeah, something. But he's always had a crush on his wife. Yes, he's always always had had a crush crush on Jason's wife. wife. So yeah, so that bar scene happens and Jason decides to take the long way home because he's a little drunk. And he picks up some ice cream on the way for his family. I think Daniela actually texts him like, where are you? Bring ice cream or something like that. And uh, 
suddenly he is kidnapped. He's knocked out. He's knocked unconscious. And the last thing he hears is, is, are you happy with your life? Before he's touted off. And when he comes to, his kidnapper is a, is a man wearing a geisha mask, which I thought was a nice touch. And he talks about there's something familiar about him. He, he knows he knows him from somewhere, but he can't figure out where. And the whole scene with them driving... When, when Jason is driving in the car with the kidnapper in the back seat holding a gun is so well written. Right, because Jason does feel like threatened, but at the same time, he's smart dude and he's like, I'm not being like killed though. Yeah, and he, he tries to secret out his phone and he even says, you're not going to shoot me. You don't want to get blood in the car. I think it's knocked out. Yeah, yeah. So he has a conversation with this kidnapper who, again, like you said, are you happy with your life? You could have been something. You could have been special. He asks him these weird questions about Daniela, his wife, about how they met, why they're still together, the choices that he made, and then injects him twice and then knocks him out. And then what happens? And then he wakes up. Right. In a hospital bed. But not in a hospital. No. To kind of cut around a little bit, he wakes up in like a research facility. Yeah. I mean, complete with people who all know exactly who he is. Mm -hmm. Someone who claims to be his very best friend in the whole world. So excited that he finally did it. Turns out this guy's also kind of the the backer. He's like the money behind this operation. Yeah. And then whisk him away to be debriefed. Like all of these people are like, like he's this conquering returning hero in this research lab. And people are like crying and cheering and clapping. And he's like, WTF? Because he doesn't, he has no idea what's going on. Just like us. And he says that he doesn't really know who he is. He's trying to act the part because he knows something is wrong. And they kind of explain to him that he's really something special. This whole facility is because of him. They think he might be like kind of confused because of like what he's been through. But um, he knows that he shouldn't be play completely ignorant because that could be a detriment. So they whisk him into this interview room. He doesn't know anything. He doesn't know what's going on because this, this none of this is real. He convinces this person who proclaims to be his best friend to take him to the restroom and he escapes. And that is what I'm calling the end of Act 1. Okay, so to talk about Act 2, we have to rewind a little bit. And talk about a character who is introduced towards the end of, of what we were just talking about. We made about. a boo-boo. So there's somebody we forgot Yeah, from um, Act 1. <laughs> so uh, this is when we meet uh, Amanda, who is a therapist. She's at... like the company therapist, which <laughs> not a lot of companies have. So that, that's telling of what is this thing he's involved in. She seems to be very caring about him. Um, she seems to know an awful lot about him. Uh, more than one normally would. And I got the impression right away that she was his therapist. Yeah, that she had worked with him. I assume so as well. And she clearly is very disturbed that he is so disoriented, but she's also understanding and really, really wants to help him. Absolutely. So remember, he shimmied out the bathroom window and he's on the lamb. This is when it really starts to show just how smart he is and how ahead 
he thinks. Throughout this whole scene, he's he's working ahead of the people who are now pursuing him and chasing him down. But the first thing he does when he escapes is he runs home. Yes, to his brownstone. He knocks on the door. No one answers. He uses his key. He opens it, and it opens. His key works. He goes in, but none of the furniture is the same. It's all like fancy art and chandeliers and like stuff that doesn't look used. Yeah, it's it's like, like not like a chill married couple and their kid live there. And, and everything seems so almost fake. Everything's covered in dust. It's not used. It's not lived in. It wouldn't be anything that he would ever get for himself or, or, or furnish the house with. But the most important thing is uh, his wife and his son aren't there. And it looks like they've never been there. Just imagine <laughs> like how weird that would be. You wake up completely disoriented. Remember nothing. Remember none of these people you're seeing have no idea what they're talking about. Like, oh, welcome back. Glad you're back. You made it home safe. Everybody was you know, came in because it's like night and nobody's at work right now to see your return. And then you get to your house, which is not furnished like your house, and your spouse and your kidlet, um, like, don't exist. They find him at the brownstone and he escapes and he hides and he loses them all. Well, you know, he, he starts to realize more and more about this world. It's not it's it's not real. He was never married. He never had a kid. He became a hugely successful scientist. So he hunts down his wife. He finds a flyer right, for one for, of her yeah, shows. For an art show. And he was like, well, that's my, my wife's name and like her maiden name. And he goes and it's beautiful. And it's actually really well described. It sounds really cool. I don't know. Yeah, it's like really, um, I don't, it's like modern experimental immersive art displays that you like participate in it's like really like brilliant stuff like and i think the point that he was making the author was making is that like not only was jason adept in his field as a physicist before his path changed that daniela was like a huge star on the rise in the art world and she actually made it she she didn't give it up when she got married she she became a huge art star so when he he gets through this uh art show he gets kind of to this party that's at the end and there's daniella up Isn't on the it stage like at her apartment oh no no no, no this no, is yeah. yeah that's that that that's later she's a little thinner yeah her hair is different but it's definitely her but she and she recognizes him. Yeah. And she runs up and she throws her arms around. And she's, oh, my God, Jason, I thought I'd never see you it's like again. You came. It's like this whole thing was dedicated to you because of what you said to me a year ago when you came to me. And that was like the last time she saw him. He had told her he was going to be disappearing for a while. What? So he tries to get some information from her there. And then his best friend comes up. That who had won the Nobel Prize. So it's like, not, we shouldn't say best friend. That was like the dude that was the roommate. Yeah. We met in the bar. And he is dating Daniela. Kind of. Kind of. Sort of. So they go back to her apartment for the after party and they all get high. Like you do after the art show. And Jason decides to come clean. 
So he tells Daniela and his friend that he is married to Daniela. He they have was, a teenage son. He was kidnapped and woke up here where none of that was true anymore. His friend storms off. Yeah, he's his so friend thinks it's like it. his friend is like this total jackass about it and thinks he's like playing a joke on them or something. I thought at this point that the friend whose name we can't remember, the award winning friend, was the one that kidnapped and set this whole thing up because he was jealous and wanted Jason's life, kind of. At this point, I knew who had kidnapped him. I well up until like um, a couple I don't remember exactly when but it was a few scenes in the future from this one that I put it together but I was like oh my god that's why he's being such like an ass right now is because he's like oh man he's on to me well yeah and they clearly have kind of a a rough relationship because apparently about a year or two before he had had his friend make a special serum for him. And his friend won't explain what the serum does, but he didn't give him any credit. He didn't bring him in on the project. He just paid him and then never talked to him again. So it's like not a really cool thing to do. And Jason's like, well, that doesn't, I don't remember doing that. And that just doesn't sound like me at all. <laughs> I'm a much nicer person than that. So after he storms off, um, Jason talks to Daniela some more and, and she kind of believes him. She trusts him somehow. Uh, they they had, they used to date a long time ago. And come to find out, when she came to him and said that I'm pregnant, he said, I cannot have a kid. I have to focus on my work. It's implied that Charlie doesn't exist anymore. She terminated the pregnancy. And she's clearly affected by this story that he is telling her. She's like what crying it been. and stuff because, and she's like asking like about him, and like it's heartbreaking because he's he's describing like this wonderful life they had, and she's like, "Oh my god, this life sounds rad." Yeah, I would have loved that life. I mean, she has everything. She's successful. She she has a great apartment. But she didn't have. She doesn't have Jason and that child and that love. It's sad, you guys. It's like super sad. So then, in the next scene, this is where we discover what might have really happened. We jump to Jason's point of view. Only it's Jason back in the world where we started. Let's call him Jason too. Jason too. Is from this world that Jason One has swapped that Jason into. One has now swapped into. He's the one who kidnapped Jason One, kicked him out, and he since has taken over his life. Oh, that damn Jason! Uh, he has completely fooled Daniela at this point. She doesn't realize that anything is wrong except that he looks at her different. He looks at her differently, and like he's super like passionate and kind of like lovey-dovey-y like you are when you first start dating somebody and she's like flattered and like happy with like wow what got into you and everything and well slowly over the course of being with Jason too she and Charlie are like something's not right there's something different about him something changed and you know they wonder you know maybe 
something happened to him at the bar or maybe but like how in the hell like would you like think like oh well this is what really happened is a jason from an alternate timeline switched our jasons it's pretty clear that jason too looked back at some point and realized maybe i could have done something different or better this is where my life diverged and so and he's experienced all this fanfare and all this like high living bachelorhood scientist Nobel Prize winner stuff and he's like, Okay, well that's cool. I I've been there, I done that. I wanna go back and try that other thing. But you can't just do that. You can't just do that. And and the sad part about the whole thing for Jason too is Jason one ends up creating a really great little relationship with Daniela two, I guess we'll call her. You know, she clearly loves him and cares for him and they have a little bit of a relationship themselves it's interesting because they both because in both scenes they describe it as it's like it's the first time even though it wasn't it's almost like they're cheating it's exactly yes it is it's it's odd and then you know after uh jason one and daniela two spend a night together Okay, we do need to have, like, a board with, like, the little pieces of string. Yeah, there's there's a... It's going to get worse. Yeah, there's a lot of different connections here. So, We're just going to keep them straight. Well, this will make it easier. Because the next morning, (laughs) someone busts in the door and shoots Daniela straight between the eyes. Holy shit. That was... dead. I didn't see that coming. Me neither. No, uh, it was actually really uh, startling. It was effective. And just uh, my jaw dropped well, and when of course, that happened. He, he reacts as if people just shot his wife. Because they basically just did. Well, right. But it's not his wife. It's his wife, but it's not his wife. You guys, it's, it's big concept stuff. Well, because at this point, he still doesn't know what to believe. He doesn't know if everything that happened before he made up. Or if... uh, Like, what world is real? Yeah. But it feels so real, the life he knew, that he's... um, Doesn't he, like, keep touching his wedding ring or something? Well, yes. uh, So Jason, too, stole his wedding ring. Right, but there's the band. And so he takes a string and he ties it around his his wedding ring finger because you know like when remind you, himself when that you're it's real. married when you're married folk or if there's like a ring you wear all the time you get that little indentation and sometimes like a tan line his is there but it's starting to fade and he just cannot let himself forget that it's real the truth yeah it's good so they arrest him they bring him back to to the uh Facility. institution yeah and so he decides I mean, he's horrified, horrified. And Amanda comes in and he tells her what happened and she's horrified. She had no idea that they would ever kill somebody in this operation. But they they say to Jason, if you weren't so disoriented right now, you would understand because you would do the same thing. Right. It, it, it's something we all uh, we all agreed to that it's that important. So uh, they explain to him. Uh, they do a really great job of 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 doing this again with with strict science, but just enough where you understand, but not too much that it goes completely over your head. They simplify it very well. 
but they explained to him. Yeah, they put they put it in nice idiot proof terms for all of us who do not have those absolutely amazing brains that come up with this like quantum physicsy stuff. What he was working on, and this is actually what he was working on before he met Daniela, but went a different path, was an experiment to capture something in a quantum state. Schrodinger, Schrodinger's cat. Love that cat. Uh, a cat inside of a box has an equal chance of being killed or not being killed. Until it is observed, the cat is both dead and alive. A lot of us have heard of Schrodinger's cat, right? I, lo- I love Schrodinger's cat. And this is a way to explain uh, uh, multiple universes. Multiverse. Every choice that is made uh, splits off from that choice. And the theory of this book and what he apparently has proved is that if you can get yourself into that box and prevent... Sadly, there's yourself. no cat in there. You're the cat. Yeah. <laughs> and you can pr- somehow prevent the world and yourself from observing you. You can actually navigate that fork in the road. I know. I know. You guys, this stuff is... It's so big. It's so big and so beautiful. I love learning about this stuff but it is like, it, it really is like most of us, our brains are just not wired for this. Well, did, did you understand what they were talking about at this point? I did. I think I read when I mentioned earlier, like I had to reread a couple passages. I'm sure in this section, I reread a couple passages and I was like, okay, okay. I mean, I am a big fan of... Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson and, and, and uh, who isn't I have and, permission to marry him by the way and you know there's so many great scientists who do such a great job of explaining these high-level physics questions this is the best I think I've ever read I've ever read yeah I it was it was just so clear and it didn't go too far as to make it unbelievable like everything is theoretically per science fiction possible well isn't that the good thing about science fiction is it's all possible and yeah, I kind of interrupted Scott there, but I I do have permission. Neil does not know it yet, but you know we can hook up like at least once. Yeah, um, same goes for me. <laughs> <laughs> I I love Neil. We'll share him. He's a national treasure. Let's all have a bit of Neil. <laughs> just 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 take a bite out of Neil. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, things go really crazy at the institution. They caught him because, you know, his former college friend turned him in. They killed Bastard. him. Yeah, uh, they killed him. Which freaks Amanda out even more. She's like, oh, my God, they're killing they're killing people. This is wrong. We're supposed to be here about discovery, and it's just about not discovery. They finally realize that he is not their Jason, he is a Jason from a different universe. They finally figure it out. Amanda understands what's going on and she breaks him out. Yes. And she explains the whole thing. The serum that his friend made for him is able to somehow shut off parts of the brain so that you don't observe yourself. The secret to uh, navigating through this box 
is your brain won't let you won't let you do it because it's always observing and it's basically turns off the observation part of the brain oh god this shit is insane they run off and they get chased and they almost get killed but they get in the box and she teaches him how to inject himself with the serum because she's grabbed like a kid yeah they they have they have whole kits with uh, MREs and 50 uh 50 of these vials filled with the serum right. and a few other tools and things like that. She's they, basically going to walk him and us through it. I mean like he was close to kind of getting there back in the day obviously before paths diverged. So but it's it's a nice tutorial for all of us playing along at home too. What's important is no one has ever come back. That's right. Other people went out with him, so to speak. But no one has ever come back and tell him nine months after he left. And that's... Oh, oh yeah? This is sick. Can we talk about Amanda? I love her. <laughs> um, I actually think Amanda's my favorite character in the she's book. My, she's my favorite character in the book. She's, she's as smart as everyone else. Mm-hmm. She's very complicated. Mm-hmm. And she's if we're talking about the hero's journey, she's the mentor. Right. Like I said, she kind of teaches him and us at home what's going on here. Um, she, yeah, she's my favorite. She's just kick-ass. I didn't see her coming into the story either. No, I didn't either. Um, I kind of expected it to be a, a, a kind of a one-man thing or, or, or maybe kind of him dragging someone along with him through this whole experience. But, uh, I also didn't expect him to get in the box so soon. <laughs> What's in the box? I was very stressed that most of the book would take place in this other world and him on the run and trying to figure things out. But they explain it pretty quickly. Yeah. And then they GTFO. And I did just kind of say it. But I mean, of course, everybody that reads this book is like, What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? I think we're going to take a little bit of a break before we go to uh, Act 3, and uh, we'll be back. All right, welcome back to Genre Junkies. Uh, So we're going to come back to Act 3 of Dark Matter, and uh, this is where things go the second most nuts that it gets in the book. It's getting more awesome. Amanda and Jason find themselves in this infinitely long hallway filled with an infinite number of identical doors on the inside of this box. I have a huge smile on my face right now because I fucking love this. And they don't know which door in this infinite number of doors is the door home. Or at least to Jason's home. Amanda, as she says... No longer has a home. She can't go back to Jason 2's world. No. She, and so she She's doesn't. She's shot between the eyes like damn Daniela. Yeah. So they decide to start trying doors. <laughs> because as long as this, this drug is in your system, which they do determine is about an hour, they can keep opening and closing the door and keep going to different worlds. But then once the drug wears off, the hallway disappears and they are in that world until they take the serum again. They have 50 and there's two of them. So 25 each. Look at my math skills. Yeah. So they go to a world that is covered in ash and is just 
desolate and everything is oh yeah it's like the destroyed dirty world yeah they go they they finally stop at this frozen world at first they think it's just snow right because they hop back in and then they hop out again yes because they're like oh there's like nothing here but there's some houses in the distance in the frozen world in the frozen world and i mean they're like this is like a blizzard and I think they're like waist deep in snow or something. Yes. Like they're going to get hypothermia. And they re- soon realize when they're too far away from the uh, box to really get back and they're on their way to the house that it's not just cold. It's apocalyptically cold. <laughs> they're going to die. Yeah. If they don't get back to that house, they don't get to the house that they're heading towards. So Amanda is you know, passes out, is about to die of hypothermia. He carries her. They get to the house. He finds a dead family. It's that. Oh, that's pretty something gnarly. about that. That was, that was really creepy to me. He finds a dead family who all died of starvation. Yeah. They didn't freeze to death. They had broken down all the furniture to burn, but they starved. They ran out of food. That sucks. That's sad. So that was kind of the introduction to how bad, between that and the world that was basically, uh, you know, I get the impression destroyed by atomic bombs yeah. or, or a nuclear winter or something. There's a lot of really bad worlds out there and they don't, they don't have any control over where they pop out. Don't they? <laughs> hint, hint, hint. Well, our pair survives. Yeah. And that's kind of bonds them closer together too. the fact that he saved her. Like, he, like, kept her warm. Didn't he, like, find them other clothes or something? I don't know. He he kept them alive. Yeah. he You know, he kept the fire going. He put them in the sleeping bags. He took care of her. Uh, he hid the bodies so that she wouldn't see them. She found them later, and she thanked him for it. <laughs> it's the thought that counts when you hide the bodies. They make it back to the box, and they start talking. You know, there's if there's infinite worlds out there, there's an infinite number of worlds that is like his but not his there's even an infinite number of worlds where they didn't survive where they were running towards the box and they were killed right and the next door they open they're back in the they're back in the uh institution and they see themselves running towards the box trippy and they get gunned down and they're killed they're their counterparts they see themselves get killed and they immediately get back into the box and that's when amanda has a really good idea yeah no please keep going you got this she says we are controlling like you know we talked about starving and we found a world where there was no food we talked about and and hadn't she also she'd been thinking about the snowstorms of her youth yes and they wound up there they had just talked about there's another world where the two of them didn't make it and that's where they ended up. They can control where they're going with their thoughts. Right. But it's tricky. It's not an exact science. Which they sure find out. So they test this out a few times. Uh, now remember, they don't have infinite serums. They don't have infinite serums. They go to this really cool world that she thinks up where it's not the future. Because they did. They do find out they can only go to alternate world in the exact time that they are yeah they can travel through the it's like linear the fifth dimension but they can't travel through the fourth time dimension 
Yeah, get your string out. Start yeah. marking these. Uh, so they can't go back in time. They they can't go forward. Well, it's, they, it's they don't have a flux capacitor. Yeah. <laughs> so she thinks of a world that it's not the future, but it's like the future. We've you know hu- human race has has far exceeded where we've reached aren't we like hella green in this world like like the the buildings are made of crystals and i love it train goes hundreds and hundreds of miles per hour awesome world this is the part of the book where there's such a sense of wonder i'm a big fan of recycling in our planet so i liked this world she has to pull cans out of the trash for me (laughs) don't say that we're gonna get hate mail now like if i was a listener and i i heard that i'd be like Oh, that Scott. I care. I'm just really bad at it. He's lazy. I'm just, yeah, okay, that that too. He's lazy. So this is the point in the book where the real sense of wonder comes in. If you could go anywhere, if if you could change the direction of the world in any way, what what would you want to see? I don't, I mean, I don't really know. I mean, that's the problem is I was thinking about this and that's a lot of pressure. So Amanda decides to help Jason find his way home. And so they start writing down what they want to be behind the door when they open it. And this is where it gets slidersy. Oh my god, yes, sliders. Do y'all remember sliders? We all love sliders. Fuck Isn't yeah. there a reference in the book of kind of about sliders? It, am I misremembering it or do they do they mention the blue Golden Gate Bridge? I don't remember. If it's in the book, but I remember the episode. Yeah, because that's basically what they're talking about. They could find a world that's almost what they're looking for. Yes. But it's not his Daniela and his Charlie. You know, and it helps when you're like us if you were raised on sliders. (laughs) (laughs) And they find world where Daniela is dead. They find world where Daniela is married to other people. They find worlds where... Daniela doesn't even live in Chicago anymore and is completely just she's a graphic designer. She's she's, uh, you know, a multitude of different things. It's not his world. And it's like for every choice you make, it makes another world, right? That's exactly right. So there really is a, an infinite number of Daniela's out there. And even the worlds where he and Daniela are married, it's not Jason too there. It's a different version of him, and it's not his Daniela. Ugh. It sounds very confusing when we talk about it, but it's it's really good and interesting. Now, through all of this, aren't we still getting a little bit of Jason 2's perspective? Yeah, this is where you get uh, you get a great a great scene through Daniela's eyes right. when she talks about how wonderful it is that that Jason is is like a brand new person, but it's, he's just. He's not the same. He doesn't dry the dishes the same way. He doesn't... Uh, Idiosyncrasies you notice when you live with somebody for a long time it are just, different. Something is something is different about him. She's, wor- she's worried maybe he's dying and he's not like, telling anybody. Is he cheating and he's on just me? Tra- yeah. Yeah. It's, that's part of the great stuff and almost kind of the, the romance stuff, dare I say, because it's like... When you love somebody and you know them so well, you would know when these things are different. <laughs> like there's a world where a different Scott always puts things in the recycling and I would know he's not my Scott. If I suddenly, uh, first of all, finished a can of soda in one go and then took it immediately over to the recycling bin, <laughs> you knew, you'd knew someone had, had, 
had body snatched your Right, your... I would assume you're a lizard person and I'd be trying to rip off your face. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there's a little thing between Amanda and Jason where she says, you know, I, I care for you. And they even really almost have... They almost hook up. They almost hook up. She says, do you want me to go back to my side of the room? And he says, I need you to go back to the side, to, to your side of the room. Right. And it's a really powerful moment. And it's very sad for both of them because it's clear that Jason really cares for Amanda. I could see a different choice being made there mm-hmm. where he decides to settle down with Amanda. And I thought that that might happen. I would have been so pissed if that happened. But it didn't. And the next morning. But but I, I would I would have been pissed. But honestly, I, I understand because now you have somebody who's like in this foxhole with you. Yeah. And nobody else understands what you're going through and ever, ever will again. And you don't know if you're ever going to get back home. And, you know, so you kind of start to have feelings for that person. And it looks so hopeless at this point because... Every time there's infinite choices. Yeah. And every time it's wrong. That's right. Well, the next morning she's gone. She's taken half of the vials. She's left him a great note saying she left him some money. She left him with half the money, half the supplies, half the vials and said, I'm going to find my own world. I'm not helping you and you're doing it wrong. (laughs) There's two reasons. One She's not helping because she realizes that every door they open is being opened by both of their thoughts. Right. One's taking the lead, but they're both affecting what's on the other side of that door. It's trippy, but go with it. And two, he's talking about, he's writing about in this, this notebook before he opens the doors about all of these things that are in his world. The, the color of the front door, the type of car he drives, the score of the last baseball game, all these things. She says, it's not about that. It's about what you feel. Right. Well, because she's a psychologist, right? And I think that's part of the reason that I could relate to her more is because I am more of a feeler than I am a thinker. And I think that her perspective as a character is it's an aha moment it's revelatory to the story and to the characters. She totally did the right thing. I admire the hell out of her for doing that. Oh my God, how freaking scary. If this wasn't bad enough, now you're saying we have to go it alone. And um, he was starting to get a little creepy. He he was getting creepy. I mean, he was like kind of stalking the Daniels. He was really stalking the Daniels. Like he was bathing. drinking a lot. <laughs> Uh, the not bathing comes after she leaves. It's like becoming like a hobo. He went completely homeless. He lost all of his money. He begged and, you know, he panhandled to get his money back oh, up. So and... sad. He's so desperate to get home. And and this is really where he gets just at his lowest point psychologically. He loses who he is for a while. Yeah. He becomes a different person. He has... Two vials left. Oh, my God. And he gets his stuff back together. He writes down everything that he loves about Daniela. Everything he loves about Charlie. How it makes him feel. 
and he steps through the door and he's home. And that's not the end of the book. Right. No, 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 no. Because there are consequences. And I did not see these consequences coming. And this is act four, the abyss. (laughs) So he starts to make his plans. He finds Jason too. He starts stalking him. And he's not being careful enough. He keeps being seen by other people. And he realizes he needs to protect himself. And this is this is the point. Th- this scene is where my brain broke. It, <laughs> it just broke. This is where it shattered on the floor. He goes to a sporting goods store. And he asks the lady at the counter. Great description of her. She's like an Annie Oakley type. She's, she yeah, was she, cool. She's cool. Says, uh, and asks her questions about how to get a gun. What, you know, what kind of gun should I get? And finally she says, do... Are you are you messing with me? And, and and he doesn't understand. He's like, you you've been in here three times now. You ask me the same questions every time. If I see you in this store again, I'm calling the police. So now what we realize is this book has established rules because and they're following these scientific theoretical rules. Every time you make a choice, there is a split and an alternate dimension is created right everything another door he is not the first jason to get home some other jasons beat him to it so he ends up logging into an email he ends up creating an email address using a password that he uses for basically everything like we all do and shouldn't and the email address already exists of course it does so he logs into the email address he sees that there is a email in there already saying to join this group (laughs) oh shit so he joins and it auto assigns him a username Mm -hmm. jason (laughs) nine which implies there's eight other jasons (laughs) because they're all him they all have this idea and they're all him and they all want to be back with daniela the first Jason that set it up anyway is the admin. And it's so, <laughs> so funny. funny. Yeah. It's so funny when they're chatting because it shows it really like a chat log. And you'll have three Jasons all respond at the same time with the same response. Right. Right. So this is also kind of a nice visual, chewable way to understand what's happening. Because you can literally see it and you're like, oh, okay. Okay. I see what's going on here. And uh, they talk a little bit about the differences in their paths. Uh, one of them... Uh, he meets it. Oh, I have to well, talk about yeah. my favorite Jason. Yes, I agree. I'm um, sure you have the same that I do. Everybody's got the same favorite it's Jason. Same, same favorite Jason. Jason 1, of course. No. Um, no. But I, I love that they talk about the differences that they had in the box. Yes. Like one of them, Amanda died on the snow world. And then everything was different after that. Right. Uh, another one doesn't really explain what happens but he says it was hell i was in hell well he they pass him in the hallway and he looks like nasty and like sweaty and i think he looks charred and he's lacerated yeah he runs by them when they're in the box naked so yeah he's naked his back is flayed open yeah that's the first hint of what was to come yeah i didn't catch it I oh, didn't I, see this coming. I didn't quite catch the twist, but I was like, uh, okay. 
And yeah, this Jason literally, <laughs> it's just like the movie, Jason goes to hell. This Jason literally went to hell. And that's what we're saying is like everybody's favorite Jason because, oh my God, what happens in the hell world? What like happened to him? What happened? And then that kind of makes you think, what happened to all of these Jasons in these different worlds? What did that do to Jasons? <laughs> to the Jasons. So Jason one, our Jason, he realizes this is dangerous because just like himself, the other Jasons are willing to do anything to be back with Daniela. And, and, there's and a, quote unquote, their life. And there's a few more Jasons out there. So it's now, as he expo- as he says it, which is perfect, it's now game theory. It's now, how do I beat myself? And this was the part where I was like, I guess my mind broke into little pieces on the floor because I'm like, how do you outsmart yourself? Well, I mean, you can't. You can't. Unless you don't do what you would do. Which is a weird way to think. Which is what he realizes later. But first, he goes to a hotel. He checks in. And then he gets a phone call. He says hello, and there's just breathing on the other end. That's not creepy at all. And he hangs up. And then it rings again, just once. And he realizes, well, if he was trying to find himself he could just call a hotel and ask for himself or an alias he would normally use like his grandfather which is what he did and he could get his room number by just saying oh i forgot my room number and what would happen if one of these oh so desperate jasons and especially jasons that have been through things that have changed him were to find him might not end so well for Jason 1. We soon find out what would happen. Of course, after Jason hides his last vial uh, in a dresser drawer, he then hears a noise and looks out, and there's a Jason in the hallway with a gun. A gun. And he wants to kill our Jason. He runs into a yet another Jason while he's running away, and everyone wants to kill all the other Jasons, but he gets away and he sh- winds up in a bar. Meets a Jason. And a Jason walks in. Is this your favorite Jason? I think this is Hell Jason. This is my favorite Jason. This is Hell Jason. Yeah. Well, if this is Hell Jason, that's my favorite Jason. It's everybody's favorite Jason. They share a beer together and it's really cool. It is he's like, cool. it's not very often you get to have a beer with yourself. And the two of them talk and they agree not to to go separate ways after the bar and not kill each other. And they're going to figure something out. But (laughs) they both need a break. But hell, Jason, who has seen hell. He's seen some shit. Says, I don't want to see you again because I will be with Danielle again. (laughs) He's like, I've been through too much, man. I'm the hell, Jason. So we find out on the forums there's more Jasons. Of course there are. They're like popping out of the goddamn woodwork every five minutes. At this point, I believe there's 30 or so Jasons. (laughs) There's a lot of Jasons. And who knows what Jasons never found their way back. And some of them are really talking about getting together and killing the other Jasons. Right, like forming alliances within Jasons. Like, I'll kill all of you. I, I am the real Jason and I will be with my wife. And your brain melts as you try to fathom this. So how on earth or the multiverse is Jason going to be with his wife or, and this is really what 
made this book special to me is our Jason going to be with his wife. Does he have a claim on her that the other Jasons do not? And why? Well, I can answer that question for you, but we'll get to that. I, I mean, but does he? Does he really have a claim? Why is yes. he different than than most of the other Jasons? Some yes. of those Jasons have clearly gone off the deep end. They're 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 murderous, <laughs> m- crazy people. Jasons. <laughs> but why is why is our Jason, despite being the main story of the book that we are reading, why is our Jason different? Is he different? He is different, and yes. I have a definitive answer about this, and it'll come. Well, partially it gets answered for you, but yes. So Jason has an inspiration when he was in this bar based on some unruly patrons. He needs to do something that he would never do because the only way to beat himself is to not do what he would do. And I, I thought this was such a great plan. Yeah, he's got he's to trick, him, trick himself. He goes into a diner that he's never been to before. And makes a goddamn scene and he's embarrassed because you know that he would never do oh, this. He, he lights up a cigar and he's just like, I'm not putting it out. I just <laughs> love to enjoy a cigar after a meal. And he's just like, oh my God, this is so not me. So I don't want to be here. I feel so ass. bad for the waitress. I feel so bad for the police officer. And the other people in here. this diner right now. Because they're like trying to be nice. Like, sir, just put out the cigar. It's fine. You're not... <laughs> Like, just, just put it out. Just, you're not allowed to do it. He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I've got a plan. And the cop even says, it's like you want to be arrested. You seem like a nice guy, but <laughs> I really don't want to do this, but I'm going to have to cuff you and take you in. Perfect. That's what he wants, because that's something he would never do. And so he gets his one phone call, mm-hmm. and he calls Daniela and says, hey, I need you to bail me out. And she's like, What? It's the only way he can see her without the other Jason seeing him see her. It's the only way he can get to her without there being 30 other Jasons all tackling Swarming. him. And so... And she would have no reason to go to the police station either. So she's not going to run into other Jasons. So this is, again, why Danielle is such a great character. Mm-hmm. Because she's so mad and she's so concerned. Like you would be. And he says, no, you just need to stay here and talk to me for a minute. He's like, no, we're, we're getting out. He's like, no, sit down. We need to have a conversation. And he says, look, this is what happened. I was kidnapped from a Jason from another, from another dimension that you have been staying with. Uh, now I'm back and we need to get out of here because we're in danger. We need to get Charlie. And we need to get Charlie at school. And she doesn't initially believe him, but she has enough faith in him. To let him continue. She knows when he's being serious. And she knows there's something wrong with Jason too. Right. The Jason she's been living with for a while. He does a great job of proving that Jason too is not Jason. Yeah. He has her call Jason too at the office. Right. Now already something's wrong. (laughs) Right. Because she's like, oh my God, how am I talking to two Jasons at once? And then he tells her to ask him if they can scrunch up the money to go back on vacation to this place that they've never been. It's like Aruba or something. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, sure, honey, whatever you want. Of course. Love to go back. And so now she knows. Right, because she's like, oh, my God. Oh, shit. Now, he doesn't explain to her that there's a lot of other Jasons yet, because that's a little bit complicated. <laughs> well, you got to ease people into this. But they grab Charlie, and they 
get the hell out of Dodge. And they go to a cabin. There's a lot of great moments in this cabin. Um, they try to enjoy themselves. Charlie think... says, he's not my dad. Yeah, and kind of like Daniela, where it's like, like, it's you, but it's not you. But he's like, Jason too, He he's not my dad. He knows that Jason, our Jason, is his dad. And he knows that Jason too wasn't. He's like, and you know, Jason's of course so jealous. And there's great conversations that are very complicated when, you know, Daniela and he, and he are talking about what the sex was like with Jason too. And, you know, it was pretty good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he comes clean that, well, okay, he kind of cheated on her with her too. And how was the sex? Well, it was pretty good. But it's pretty funny when you think about it. It actually is. It's really awkward. They both cheated on each other, but unintentionally. Well, his was a little bit more intentional, but he didn't know it was real yet. He didn't know it was real yet. Yeah. We can all forgive him. She does. And he comes up with a plan. It's the only thing that makes sense. Because at the end of the day, all he wants is for Daniela to be happy. And he knows for a fact that the other Jasons have to feel the same way. Because they're all him. Well, well, one Jason comes up with an idea on the forums because he's still checking in where it's like, what does that Jason come up with? Some stupid fucking idea where they're all going to like kill each other. (laughs) Yeah. Like like a battle royale of Jason. Something like that. Yeah. No. Yeah. We're, we're, you know, we're just going to keep killing each other until there's only one left standing. Like, like Highlander style. (laughs) Is this how Highlander started? <laughs> They're all Jasons. They're all they have Jason. to behead each other until Jason there's only McLeod one of the Clan McLeod. <laughs> um, and Charlie, sweet sweet teenage boy that he is, wants to tell his kind of pseudo girlfriend where he is, and he turns on his cell phone and texts her, which he was not supposed to do. And some some Jasons might find out where they are, but before this, he suggests on the, he suggests on the forums. That they get together, they draw lots, and whoever wins gets her. And he's kind of like, this is the most fair way to do it because we're all one and the same. And how can I say that one Jason has more claim than another Jason? And we can't make we can't make the cho- we can't make her choose between at this point 130 Jasons. Is there really 130 Jasons? On the forum. True, but they aren't all clever enough. There are probably more. Yeah. This 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 world is just filled with Jasons. And I thought this and literally literally one page after I thought this, one of the one of the one of the Jasons on the forum said, Why don't we just all get together and take over the world? We're all like really smart, right? right? <laughs> That Jason probably saw some shit, too, and he's like, we could do this. I've seen worse leaders. Well, he tells Daniela the plan, of course, after he has, uh, after he suggested it. So, of course, he tells Daniela about this plan, and, uh, you know, they've they've really re-gotten to know each other again, and he is her Jason. She knows him to be her Jason, despite all of the other Jasons, she considers him to be her Jason, and yes, she is. is not okay with them deciding what Jason she gets to be with. She wants to be with this one. And so he's kind of trying to figure out what to do. And then there's a gunshot. 
They found him. Some Jasons. They, some Jasons found them. Hell Jason. Hell Jason is there. This is Hell Jason. Isn't the nice, Jason the nice Hell too? Jason in the bar. Well, Jason 2 oh, I'm sorry. Good God. comes in and kills Hell Jason and is about to kill Jason, our Jason, Jason 1. Oh, but wait, there's other Jasons because some Jasons slashed their tires. Oh, yeah, there's Jasons that slashed their tires. <laughs> there's, there's, the, J- there, there's Jasons just all up in the woods. They're in the, the trees. <laughs> Everywhere. I mean, they're just, they're just like, they're like, they're like skydiving from planes <laughs> or crawling out of the ground. There's just Jasons it's like everywhere. It's like at the end of Harry and the Hendersons when suddenly there's just all the Bigfoot people you didn't realize. But no, in, in this, in, 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 you know, this classic, this, this final face off, it's Jason two and Jason one and Jason two is about to kill Jason one. And then Daniela and Charlie come down and Dan- Daniela does the very smart thing. What did we do last night? Yeah. And Jason 1, of course, is able to answer. And she knows that Jason 2 is Jason 2 because he's wearing a jacket that none of the other Jasons could possibly have. And she says, look, you are not you are not my Jason. You shouldn't be here. I don't love you. I want to be with him. And if you care about me, that'll happen. And he's not having any of it. Charlie distracts Jason 2 while Jason 1 grabs grabs a knife and stabs him. Over and over and over again. It's good. It's good stabbing. And this is where Jason 2 has his redemption. He says, all right, he's lost. He's dying. And he wants Jason 1 to win. He tells him the truck is down the road. You know, tells him how to get there. And he says, look in the glove compartment. And they run out. They find the truck. Jason 2, you're not so bad. They kill a couple of Jasons on the way. (laughs) They're taking out Jasons. They they run over a Jason. I mean, there's just Jasons (laughs) everywhere. And uh, who knows how many more are coming. But I had an idea of what was in the glove compartment. I did, but I didn't. So when they get to the vehicle and they're going to go, what's in the glove compartment? A very recognizable satchel that holds files. Right. There's kind of a sad moment where they're walking the gauntlet of Jasons. Can yeah, we talk they, about that? Yeah. They, they're all like, because there's they Jasons get back that are. to the warehouse that has the box in it. And a yes. bunch of Jasons are there. Yes. They showed up early for the lottery. Oh, that's right. There's some Jasons that were early birds. Went in the early bird lottery special. Because that's st- still supposed to happen. And they're like walking this gauntlet of Jasons. But the best part about it is the Jasons that showed up for the lottery were the Jasons that cared the most about Daniela. Absolutely. They weren't going there for violence. But at the same time, she's like, you Jasons put our son's life in danger and i can't forgive you you're all bad jason she kind of moms them and there's some jasons <laughs> there's like sad jasons and crying jasons i think there's angry jasons there's a couple of jasons who won't let them pass at first yeah but they find they they finally part and jason and daniela and charlie enter the box and they all shoot up <laughs> which is a little awkward towards the end of it was a little bit awkward like you know, they kind of established they could drink it, but okay. It's more effective Shoot. if you get it right in the bloodstream. Yeah. And there's a beautiful moment where Jason explains how the box works. And Charlie asks, so where are we going? And he says, that's up to you. It is very beautiful. It's very sweet. Um, It's a little scary, of course. And <laughs> how do you mean? Well, I think what everybody's thinking when they read the end of this book is, we'll let the 15-year-old 
boy beside <laughs> which weird porn <laughs> video game guns and naked girl world we go to. Yeah, that could actually backfire. But Charlie actually is a pretty sensitive, smart kid. So I think he's he's going to think about it a little bit better than that. But, I mean, there's really no other way the story could end because they need to go to a fresh place with no Jasons. Well, wait, no Jasons already there. You're right. So there's room for all three of them with no Jason, Daniela, or Charlie to deal with. And definitely, like, a lot less Jasons. Now, here's my my biggest part of the book that I love. Besides all the trippy, cool shit, which is awesome, the part that I love about it is the fact that I 100% think that our Jason, Jason 1, is the Jason that has claim to the life in the family because of kind of going back to that cat, Schrodinger's cat in the box there, it's the perception because the family knows him. They've all experienced this life together and they don't know another Jason. They know they're Jason. Their perception is reality. So in that sense, he's the right one because he's the one that formed all these memories and bonds and emotions with them. And that's something that no other Jason can replace. Because anything you choose in life, if you chose a different way, you wouldn't be you. Well, I, mean, I don't know. No, if, come I on. don't know. No. Come on. Everything that happens to you makes you you. Yes, but a lot of things happened to, to our Jason, and a lot of things happened to the other Jasons, and some of them were clearly unredeemable, but... There's nothing that happened to him, to our Jason specifically in his journey that puts him above a, a, another, let's face it, infinite Jason that might have been more Jason. But it is because that's his family's perception is the one they know. They don't want some other Jason. They want the one that's experienced everything how they have. Well, admin Jason... If you think about it, the first Jason who had made it through the through the cube, they don't explain how many worlds he went through. He might have, I mean, there's an infinite number of options. He might have made it through the door first. First doesn't matter because what still matters is that it's, he went somewhere else. Well, He's not, just, not their not just Jason. First, he might have, the first door he went through might have been home. He may have been to no other worlds. So he could be more Jason, really, than the Jason that we know who had all these other life experiences that didn't really have anything to do with Daniela. Hmm. But maybe it was just dumb luck that he got there first, though. Well, and this is the other side of it where I think he is the right Jason because a lot of the book kind of talks about this is how things were supposed to happen. Right. And he was the only Jason to actually get to her. He was the only Jason to get her out. Yeah. It was supposed to happen. Him and her and the kid. Yeah. But I think because of that, whatever Jason ended up leaving with her was the right Jason. I'm just glad it was our Jason. Well, because he made the right choices. Yep. Um, Essentially. And I really like that idea of that there could be all these yous, but there's still 
not you. You know, there's still only one true you. And I'd like to think that all those Jasons back in the home world, the original world, did take over the world. I like to think that too. I'm sure there is at least one dimension where they did. Yeah. And maybe it won't be such a bad place to live. Where do you think Amanda ended up? I just want her to be happy. She might have gone back to that green planet even. I, I think she might have gone back to the future planet, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, I mean, it's kind of scary and exciting to start your life completely from scratch, which she was doing, but she didn't have any ties. Like, she didn't have friends and family and shit, like. Yeah, it sounds like all she really had was the institution and Jason. Yeah. Her, her star pupil, her star patient, I guess. So, to close out the show, I think that we need to give this a final rating. Yes. Uh, I liked your suggestion. Of course, it's the, it's the natural one. How many Jasons out of Jason? Well, for absolutely everything that goes on in this book. And there's some kind of part in there where it's like, you just realize how wonderful your life is when just everything's going on in it. Like, yeah, maybe me and my spouse were a little little overweight and we just like to hang out and make Italian food and drink at home. But that's okay. It's a good life. I love this book. I love the high concept of it. I wish that Jason had been a little bit more interesting. But he was, as I said, he was an everyman and every Jason. So I'm going to give this nine and a half Jasons out of ten. I feel that this book did an excellent job in the genre that it belongs, which is science fiction, but did an even better job of being a brilliant, poignant, thoughtful book. Uh, it was a perfect science fiction book, a perfect romance. It was an incredible thriller that had me just writhing in terror. I couldn't put it down. I had to, I, I had to finish it overnight. This is one of the best books I've read in probably the, the past half decade. And probably like ever. Um, how many Jasons do you think ended up at, at the final world? The final world, I'm going to say 150 Jasons. I'm giving this 150 Jasons out of Jason. <laughs> I'm so happy that you loved this book even more than I did. And I was very passionate and I loved it very much. So I hope you guys did too, who read it at home. And, uh, you know, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with our next book. Uh, yeah. Oh, find us on social media and we'll post the books maybe. I don't know. Just find us on social media. Yeah, we'll be around. We'll be around. Maybe we'll post books. Maybe we won't. We've got a website, too. We do other cool shit on there. Genrejunkies.com, at Genrejunkies on Instagram, at Genrejunkies on Twitter. We don't mess around with Facebook. No, no. Because we ain't old. Right? No, we're not old at all. We're a little old. All right, everybody. Thank you. And read past your bedtime.